Welcome, everybody. This is Heads and Tails on TheBrewingNetwork.com. We are a show about craft spirits and, you know, maybe sometimes not even craft spirits, Warren. Just we'll spirits. See. Just spirits in Haunting general. spirits. That's right. We're, uh, we're going to be channeling a lot of Harry Houdini later, and we're going to try to do oh. that and, um, you know, make him prove... The reality of the afterlife, Warren. See if he can just get out of that virtual spiritus barrel. <laughs> That's right. That he's trapped in. That's right. Uh, welcome, everybody. We were supposed to have Tree Craft Distillery from uh, Treasure Island uh, in San Francisco, which is a stone's throw away from the studios here, the old Heads and Tails studios. Uh, but apparently Nate is running a little bit late, and that's fine. That that happens. The Bay Area is full of traffic, and uh, running a distillery, I'm sure, is not necessarily without its perils. And, I hope uh, he's all right. Stuff to do. Right. So I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, if he comes in, we'll, we'll start the show with him. And then, you know what? If not, hey, man, we have... Have a shaker and spoon segment to do. We, we got do. A, a, a gift box to do with them. Yeah. We're going to make a drink. Uh, Eric from ADI is here, and he has hey some guys. spirit as well, a whiskey that he made. Indeed. Uh, legally, of course, yes. yeah, single malt. Yes. Legally, it's not home thing. So, you know, like that, we have some distilling news, which I've always really wanted to do on the show, but we've just never really had the, the time because all of our guests have been so cool. Right. We kind of just soak up all the time chatting with them. I also don't think anything's happened worth talking about <laughs> since <laughs> no. we've had the show. <laughs> That's right. But now, uh, or at least maybe we that we didn't understand. <laughs> that, I did just learn to read. That's true. So I I'll just, sound it out later. Yeah, my whole microphone thing just snapped. You're talking too violently. That, that's, I'm screaming. <laughs> These microphones are great because I, I can scream and you'll never know it, but it, the vibrations of my voice. Wow. You really are projecting. Well, you know, that's what I do, man. <laughs> your emotions on other people. Yeah. Well, your, the, hey, the, the what's that supposed to mean? What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> I don't know. I feel sad, though. <laughs> and you got a bottle of rye here, too, right, Warren? What I do. This is from. Can, uh, we talk about that? can we talk about it? Uh, yeah, yes, it's for sale. Product. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a release product. All right. All right. Um, I mean, not go. this one because the label was a little crooked, but... Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like imperfect produce. Exactly. Like, right. Eh, uh, but this is a, a, a rye from a Savage and Cook. Yes. They're a distillery out of Vallejo. Okay. Um, the V-A-L-L-E-J-O, bro. Island. A, another uh, across the water distillery. Oh, nice. Um, had you been there? I have not. Okay. Uh, right. I have. Well, Eric's been oh. everywhere. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> no one's surprised. By I that. wish he gets yes. around. You haven't. So, how did you, uh... Eric uh, and Dylan, and I grabbed a drink together? And for taking Dylan home, he, paid, <laughs> he compensated me uh, wow. with this bottle of rye. See, now I would have. Uh, so, I was a Lyft driver for about three months or whatever. Oh, okay, I would have stuck with it if I can get paid in full <laughs> bottles of booze. There's yeah, a, there's a three products. Did he give you a choice, or did you just? He's like here. Uh, I think he gave me a choice between <laughs> bourbon and rye. Mm. Okay, and I chose. Rye. And you would cho- choose the rye. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the same thing rye. to do. I, I thought mean, so. You know, how is it? Pretty good. Uh, yes, um, and ac- actually, uh, sorry that's me to telling you to pour spoon. some. Come on, let's go. Oh, let's fine. go. You know, I want to try it. Um, this is a drinking show. Yeah. yeah, we are kind of bending the rules on the shaker and spoon. Uh oh. Why? Cocktail, because we're going to use this for our rye, but the, okay. the recipe calls for a Canadian rye. Oh. So I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't know what the difference between uh, this rye and a Canadian rye is. Eric? Do you know? Blank over here. God, uh, man. You I'm know not, what? I'm not that professional. Come on. I think soon the U.S. is going to be Canada anyway, so I, this will be Canadian, I'm sure, in a couple uh, months. Unfortunately, the reality is Canada will probably be the U.S. soon, and then we'll lose <laughs> all distinction. What happened to your finger, dude? Oh. Um, Ugly. So Why I, can I still see the bone? <laughs> what is going on with you? Turns out you can save money by not going to the hospital and getting stitches when you cut your finger open. <laughs> you can um, just do it at home? Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. I just, I'd use scotch tape and just kind of wrapped it. Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, Perfect. Uh, I would have used English tape, but yeah. that's Did that's you guys me. want me to uh, paint you a little picture of uh, Mare Island out there, Savage and Cook? Sure. So there's the More your finger store, I'll have to wait. <laughs> yes. I can't. I'm blanking on his name. That's my fault, of course. But uh, yeah, he's uh, famous in the wine industry and up in the the Napa realms. He did a wine called the Prisoner, I believe. Okay. And okay. Uh, so he has since reinvested his money into a distillery on Mare Island. And 
Wow. Vallejo isn't the most burgeoning place in the Bay Area, but they're really looking to rehabilitate Mare Island and turn it more into a destination. I've yeah. heard they're trying to turn Vallejo into the, the gateway of Napa, so to speak. And yeah. it's, it's a nice little town. It's a ferry ride from SF. And so. Yeah, Vallejo doesn't have the best um, reputation. reputation. Yeah, but it, it they are changing it. So my wife's company was looking to build, uh, she works for a senior living community, uh, they manage senior living facilities. Yeah. And they were looking to build one in it. Actually, they are building one in Vallejo, but they were looking at the demographics and, and kind of the income and, and, and the uh, population density and all that kind of stuff. And Vallejo is actually one of the largest, fastest growing cities in the Bay Area. Oh, really? I can yeah, see that. Which yeah, which is kind of cool because it's affordable. <laughs> it's yes. affordable out one there. One of the few. Right. Yeah. So that makes sense to get in on the kind of ground floor of, of that, especially with spirits being what they are now. They're so popular. Yeah. yeah. Everyone wants to go. And you need a lot of storage space for doing spirits so get it now yeah. while the land's cheap right yeah yeah and it's actually Vallejo's you know it's right there on the water there's some very beautiful right next to all those wetlands as well it's very beautiful aspects to it but so uh, yeah they Sounds built like out a I don't know how much it costs to build a distillery there but it's a big legitimate there's probably a 24 inch vendome column at least three mm-hmm. stories tall there they're going to be doing continuous runs they uh their main consultant is jordan Vi, who's the co-founder of breckenridge distilling okay and uh yeah, so they're, they first came out with three products that are they're very open and transparent. They're all purchased, blended products to get something out the door. I believe there's also two tequilas as well in their lineup. Isn't that kind of a, a, a other people in the industry kind of poo-poo that, where you buy spirits and then blend it? Or is it only if you do it and don't tell anybody? Well, if you the, the latter is definitely the big no-no. Okay. And it depends on who you talk to. It's, you know, we could, it's open. We could get into the, the crazy discussion of what is craft? How do you define craft? Is it craft if you're going to open a distillery and come out with two blended products? But their long-term plan is, you yeah. know, they have cow farms. They're contracting grain to be grown in the Central Valley. So they are really going to be, I think they're looking to build an estate distillery, which yeah. is everything's sort of in-house and so they're they're looking to get there, but how do you cover that gap when whiskey you, needs to age right. and all of those things as well? So, yeah, do you think do you think a person like that is craft? Do you, do you, would you consider them? I mean, because you can make the transition, I guess. Yeah, you don't have to start out craft. Maybe sure. I don't know why not. It's I mean it would I imagine it would be like going or moving to organic or whatever. There's a transition period of not buying spirits. And blending them, and, and I mean, because you are still you are still applying a craft, <laughs> right? Oh, right? That's the oh, yeah. key phrase. You are still applying your talent and and what you want a spirit to be. You don't necessarily have control over how it's made, oh, right. but you know everyone needs income to build the 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 future. Right? So the, they're who taking, cares? I guess really, right? They're taking their ingredients are aged barrels of whiskey instead of raw grains yeah. and yeast and everything, and they're still blending in house. Dylan's still tasting all the barrels. And, and then choosing how much it gets blended. And then they also are doing some uh, barrel finishing as well. Uh, and so it's not just straight from, from MGP or anything like that. They are putting their own little touch on it. And with the intent of producing everything in-house, I, I, I would give them a little leeway. Especially like, oh yeah, not everybody sure. can uh, have a four-year Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> um, no, they're, they're not. They're able not to make a whiskey. They're not brew dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that does make uh, that does make perfect sense. So uh, I know Warren doesn't really watch TV or watch good TV, but have you been watching <laughs> True Detective? Uh, no, I I knew that the new one was out, but uh, I haven't. So there's this whole concept I, I, of the flat circle. The, this conversation of craft is the flat circle. It's, mm-hmm. It just keeps going over and over and over again, and I don't think every time it finishes, you sort of restart it. And it's an Ouroboros for sure. We eat our own tail. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, one of the sort of the higher realms is, is it art? Right. And I think there's really people out there who are into the art of distilling people that in there that are into the art of blending. I mean, blending is its own art in the big houses. There's people that just focus on that aspect of it. Right. Yeah. 
I'm into the art of complaining a lot. <laughs> no, I, the art I, of drinking. That's right. And, uh, if you look there at the bottle, I mean, it's uh, one of the big complaints I have personally is you look at bottles and they're very redundant of each other. Or oh, they're, yeah. they're all in the same vein. Craft beer, I think, has gotten out of this where they've really exploded. Recently, like the last year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. they've really exploded with cans and packaging and colors and textures. And uh, this is definitely far away from anything else we see out there. I mean, there's a woman with a tattoo on the inside of her lip. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, and, and the whole bottle is flat black. You yes. can't see the spirit inside. Yes. I do like that. It's, yeah. It is very cool. Yeah. For some reason, it strikes me very like jazz. Japanese. I don't know why. Hmm. Yeah. The flat black kind of bottle. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. That seems she, really weird to me. The woman is not Japanese on the label. No, that's no. that's correct. I'd also never seen a, a bottle with a O-ring kind of gasketed enclosure. Oh, geez. Um, Damn. And I was really confused the first time I'd go to open it, just like why it's so hard to open. And it released so violently that I like <laughs> spilt... <laughs> <laughs> All over the you place. need some instructions on there, huh? Yeah. yeah. Do you think packaging like this that's that's clearly, well, maybe not clearly, but for me it seems like it's made to disrupt, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, disrupt the norm, like you were saying, Eric, be something that stands out. But like the O-ring closure and that kind of thing, they're they're clearly trying to do stuff differently. Is that... Good or bad? Is that is that how is that how I mean in you know it's all relative, right? Yeah. But is that how certain brands get pegged as you know disruptors or pegged as non-traditionalists, and then that's a bad thing? Or is stuff like that kind of good for the industry to shake it up a little bit and and everyone just relax? It's it's what's inside that counts. I think just like people, I, th- I would say it's good. <laughs> Okay. I would say it's good. You know, it's doing something new, doing something unique, doing something individualized. It's mm-hmm. how do you stand out on the uh, the shelf? No. Uh, one of the conversations in there is millennials. You know, there's a millennial market out there. And how do you speak more to that millennial market than, you know, maybe your stereotypical whiskey drinker? Hmm. That would definitely be at a flat black bottle with an O-ring and a... A model on the cover, I guess. It's going to stand out on the shelf for sure. Yeah. Did you guys hear about, uh, speaking of things standing out, there's a a few spirits competitions, but uh, there's one called, let's see, where is it? Um, World Whiskey Awards, if you're ever, uh, if you're familiar with it. They do, you know, a bunch of awards. Worldwide, maybe? Worldwide, (laughs) right. Um, So there was a story going around. Apparently there's a um, uh, little, L-I-D-L, I guess. Mm. It's the world's best purveyor of blended scotch whiskey under 12 years old, apparently. And there's been headlines going around that says, uh, like, uh, from the Evening Standard, Esquire, The Independent, Huffington Post, but no one's surprised that that they put out something that's incorrect but uh they're claiming that an 18 dollar bottle of whiskey has just been declared the best whiskey in the world huh so and i don't know that i've had many scotches under 12 years isn't like 10 to 12 kind of the starting point i think yeah i mean i've uh, yeah i don't know i I think i've had like a under a macallan 10 right don't they have a macallan 10 and then that was it yeah, that's I can't like think the of youngest. Less than ten. Yeah, uh, apparently Little is a German. It's a budget supermarket, and they have their own brand of blended whiskey. The Queen Margot, eight-year-old, scooped the prize for best Scotch whiskey at World Whiskey Awards. Uh, apparently, this is quote fake whiskey news. This outlet says. Um, uh. While the Queen Margot whiskey did indeed win at the World Whiskey Awards, its medal is a far cry from an outright declaration of best Scotch in the world, and that's what these uh, news outlets okay. are, are are saying. So uh, the Queen Margot eight-year-old bagged a very particular award, which is the 12-year-old and under category for Scotch whiskey under the blended section. Also, the World Whiskey Awards hasn't even declared its best whiskey yet, only the round one category winners. So it did win its category. It, it won its category, yeah. but it's not the one overall. And so people are just kind of in the <laughs> current like four-hour news cycle. Right. <laughs> you have to stay relevant and apparent. Is that is that common, Eric, in competitions to do rounds like that and then announce the winners of one round when I've, you're not even done with the whole thing? I've never heard about that, but there is, I believe, IWSC has, you know, they're 
event takes close to two or three weeks to run everything. I would imagine. Yeah. But why not just wait till the end? Yeah. Why not just and wait till the end? Well, and and I don't know. I I don't think that the World Whiskey Awards actually issued the statement saying that. I think maybe sure the store or someone did. I don't I don't know. Right. And they happened to omit the category words <laughs> right. of the actual award that they won and just said, "Yeah, best scotch." Right. Yeah. I mean, it it sounds like look for eighteen bucks. If you want an eight-year-old blended scotch, I mean, this is the Queen Margot. There you go. Right. Go I mean, after it. But it's don't think that it's the best whiskey in the world for $18. In in this day and age, they should have been happy that the, the title wasn't, click here for the 12 best whiskeys of the world. <laughs> well, I actually uh, have something to tell you guys. Uh-oh. I brought a little sample of our ADI whiskey. We distilled this back in uh, 2009. Yeah. This is the best whiskey in the world. <laughs> no, it's not. In this room. In this room. Oh, well. Oh, okay. Hey, man. See, now I, I'm, I'm fine with fake news as long as it comes with an asterisk, and that's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right with it. Well, let's. Uh, we should drink some of that, too. Yeah. I don't know. We're just hanging out, man. It's a weird show. I feel uh, I feel rudderless somehow, but we're pulling it out. <laughs> Normally, you do have a rudder. That's true. Today, it's very weird. Well, I, without I call it my tail, okay. and I'm furry. So do we. Yeah. <laughs> so this whiskey was made in 2009 at Moylan's Place, Stillwater, there in uh, Petaluma. Okay. We ran some classes up there then, and... Thanks, yeah, it's uh, been sitting in barrels. They, uh, Tim, the wonderful distiller up there, mm-hmm. he finished it in some port barrels. And oh, this port is the, cask finished. Yes, port cask finished. Uh, Brendan took it up to, uh, oh, I, I might get this wrong, Whiskeys yeah. of the World, World Whiskeys, one okay. of those competitions. <laughs> is <laughs> right. it maybe the same one? Could be. Uh, I, I did post the, the it on uh, Instagram. We'll okay. look at that in a second. But uh, yeah, it actually got a bronze at that award. Oh, nice. Well, hey, congratulations. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. I have a few questions about this. What's the difference between cask finish and barrel aged? Like when we see that on the label, I'm still kind of confused on that. Cask versus barrel, finished versus aged. Do you get, do you know that? Uh, I... <laughs> You're asking me these questions. Yeah. I'm showing what an idiot I am. How, how little I actually that's really, know. Thank that's really you. all we're trying I mean, to do. Barrel aged is, is how long is it aged in a barrel, but cask yeah. finish is what you use to 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 add those flavor components at the end. You know, okay. you take a, the, uh, you know, when you finish in something like a port cask, yeah. it actually adds a lot of, can add a lot of flavor in there, a lot of tannins, a okay. lot of wine type flavors. And you you can actually you run it in there too long, and really sort of ruin I think, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, if you'll excuse the uh, the um, analogy, it's like searing a steak after you sous vide it. <laughs> We're just yes, gonna get real right. elevated in here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I totally get what you mean. Right. I've had so many sous vide steaks. You haven't? No. Oh, I you're missing out one. on life, yeah. dude. Come they, on. they come out of the thing gray. Like yeah. I, we do a right. pork yeah. loin, and it looks like a gray slug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, this is highly unappetizing. Yeah. Then you pop that thing in a, in a super hot cast iron pan with a little bit of butter. No blowtorch for you. Don't is, let up blowtorch. No blowtorch. Is it gray through the middle also? It's not like yeah. a normal, no, like, medium well, rare. Well, it's through the middle. No, yeah, it is, it's, oh, okay. yeah, it's, it's rare. It's just on the outside. Oh, okay. Yeah. Same with the steak. Weird. It's gray. Yeah. Huh. Looks gross. Um, with the, the cask finishing, too, the, the, the cask... The time that it spends in the cask is not a part of the age statement. So if you have like okay. a four four year old bourbon port cask finished, it was in the the new American oak for four years, and so, then it was taken out of that barrel, put into a port barrel. Yeah, and that could be a day, that could be four months, that could be a year. Right. It, okay. It doesn't matter. At that so point. the finish, you're you're re- you're literally finishing and putting on some trimming, essentially. Right. Yeah. So you, like you said, it could take two months or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So uh, what do you guys think of this? I think it's terrible. <laughs> I think it's disgusting, and I don't ever want to drink anything. No, it's great. So it's uh, a very beer, smooth. A, one of the, you know, Moylan's, his gig is that he's got the brewery right there, so he essentially makes beer without hops and yeah. then puts it into a tote and drives it over to the distillery. So this mm-hmm. is in that same vein. Hmm. No, it's is great. There, wow. Do you know if this was a, a beer to start with hops and everything? No, there were it no was, hops. In oh, this. Okay. this was definitely without 
Because I recently learned that you can, according to the TTV, you cannot call distilled beer whiskey because hops cannot be involved at any point in the process. Really? Uh, specialty so, spirit? Exactly. Yeah. It, go, it falls under the specialty spirit category. I, I don't think it's a new law, Yeah. but it's really confusing to me because I know quite a few places that are distilling <laughs> beer, Yeah. and it says whiskey on the label. Yeah. Well, a couple, uh, other, couple of them steal IP, so it's fine. Right. I'm not, some aren't surprising, but... <laughs> They're on heat. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting me, to see, but I think why me. they're getting away with it is yeah. because when you submit a, a whiskey for a TTB approval, you don't have to submit the formula, like your recipe, whereas you do with okay. other categories. So it's kind of this weird situation where you can apply for a whiskey label and not have to prove that it's actually whiskey. Huh. <laughs> so it's, how, it's, it's like, how do they get caught then? Yeah, like, that sounds the like an oversight. Has, the TTB <laughs> has to be like seeing them brew the wash, throw hops, and be like, oh, what are you going to use that for? Yeah. And then catch them in the act? Like, this doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. But the brewers do this too. I mean, people put lactose into beer, and it's not, they don't have that listed on the ingredients, right? That's, I think it's, I don't know. Well, sometimes, well you don't have sometimes to. they do, like on the front, like if it's a... Milk stout or uh, one of these uh, what pastry stouts. Pastries. So with with because lactose sells now. People yeah. know what that is and mm-hmm. people know what it does and it's a selling point now. Yeah. But I think maybe early on, probably not. Maybe a couple years yeah. ago, you wouldn't see it as much as you do now. And with packaged beer, you don't have to put it on the label, but you do have to submit the recipe to to the TTB. Mm. Um, so you do. So have the to government say. the government mm. has the recipe, but you don't okay. have to put it on the label to let the consumer know. I wonder with beer. That's so weird that beer is highly is seems like more regulated when it comes to label approval, at least than the spirits. Uh, but it depends spirits on the spirit. are so high alcohol, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. beer's like six percent or whatever. Yeah, but if and, you miss a lactose uh, addition, then you know. And you're I screwed. do know of one brewery that uh, used uh, I forget which nut it was, but they were using actual nuts in one of their beers, and they wanted to put an allergy warning on the label, mm-hmm. but. The government, the label approver was like, no, that's going to cause brand confusion amongst the consumer because then they're going to think that there are nuts in it. And it's like, well, there are nuts in it. That's why we're trying to warn people. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, they're like, but then how are they going to know it's beer? And it's just like, ugh. That's like, when you change the name of the beer to <laughs> allergy warning. Right. <laughs> it's like, so in that scenario, they were literally trying to do not the right inform thing. the public, yeah. which is their job, supposedly, by checking the labels. Yeah, at that point, it's more like marketing uh, uh, suggestions, you know what I mean? Like, right. well, they're not going to know until you... Yeah. It's a it's a good effort, I guess. But <laughs> that doesn't true. always work. Uh, we've talked a little bit on some of the other shows about uh, Constellation Brands and Ballast Point. Yes. Right. They they were purchased for one point one billion dollars. Right. Not on this show. That's a lot of money. Well, yeah. they they also had a a distillery. That's right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Ballast Point Distilling or whatever. Yes. And then in the buyout, that got split up and got turned to uh, Cutwater. They changed the name yes. to Cutwater because I guess what Constellation I think approached them was like you can't use the Ballast Point name because it's causing confusion. Yeah. Right. Splitting the brand. Yeah. Apparently, Anheuser Busch just bought Cutwater Spirits. For an oh. undisclosed sum. AB InBev. AB InBev, that's yes. true. Uh, yeah. I remember the first time I went to Ballast Point way back, at, like I think it was maybe 2010, they had just started the distillery, and it was a little yeah. like, cyclone fenced-off area of the brewery. They had a couple barrels stacked up and a little still in the corner, Yeah, and that was nine years ago, and now they're probably sold to AB for... billion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who knows, man? It's it's interesting, though, that Yousef, who was brewing at at, uh, uh, Ballast Point and then was doing the the distilling side, sounded like they didn't want to be a part of Constellation or maybe Constellation didn't want them. But I can't imagine because they represent... They own distillery, so they oh, just right. bought some minority share in another distillery. So I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I wonder why the separation happened. Why the yeah. separation? To a year, and then um, well, it's been about a year, and then to just sell to one of the largest like anti craft beer companies that you can imagine, AB InBev. <laughs> it, 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 I don't know. That well, seems like even more asked. of a slap in the face. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think the most interesting thing of this story is the 356% growth in their RTD, ready-to-drink line. Yeah. And it's really must be that, you know, Yusuf learned, the, learned how to can and took that knowledge and used that 
to build out the the Cutwater brand. I mean, I see it in every liquor store I go to. I think they mm-hmm. said in there it's in 34 states. God. And it's really they're staking their flag as the first one out there and trying to establish them in all of those markets. But I mean, I also think RTDs is like where everybody should be looking. Oh it's, yeah. It's if you're building a brand, if you want to build a brand, putting cocktails in cans or even mixed drinks in cans is probably a pretty good idea. I don't know the economics of it. It's got to be expensive. But really, it's, yeah, that story, I think that's the take-home point for that thing. And and Yusuf needed a second yacht, I think, is really... <laughs> he needed a mega was. yacht. Yeah. Does he have a yacht? I don't know. Oh, man. Oh, he's got, he's got the yacht that's so big it has a little yacht on the back. <laughs> the two-yachter. Right. The two-yacht. Yeah. Man, I'm trying to figure out, uh, because there's, there's a, a, a line of really cheap cocktails in cans i think they're like eight ounce cocktails that i used to buy all the time when i used to go to yeah when i used to go to concerts and stuff you just Mm -hmm. you buy a bunch of them and then and then push them basically up your sleeve and then (laughs) you're popeye yeah and then you walk in like with your hands cup to like keep them (laughs) in there and then and then they just you know it was like little clubs right uh in 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 berkeley actually so you know no one patted you down it was all like you got to respect and so you're just standing there kind of just Drinking. drinking out of your sleeve? Yeah, drinking uh, <laughs> whiskey cool. and soda or whatever. I forget the name of those stupid things. I'm trying to figure it out, and I can't. Anyway, um, I never really cared for the cut water. Like, the Bloody Mary wasn't very good to me. It was very, it was like too spicy, and the whisk, the gin, yeah. the gin and tonic, I think, was not, or the, don't they have a ginger one? They it do. was like I very forget. sweet, ginger yeah, and they, cola. They have a gin and tonic, for sure. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I it's prefer not... their straight spirits more than the, the Yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, and the, the canned cocktails, I think, are what, 10%? I don't even remember. It's been so long. Something like that. They're very low, mm-hmm. but club drinks. That's what they are. Little clubs. The club drink. That's what the club is called. called. Club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and God. you would take them to the club. Oh, I really would, too. <laughs> it was a good time, man. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. Worn. We're going to take cool. a break. And We've earned it. We, ha- we really have. Here, hold on. Let me clear this. i got to do this all over again because I screwed it up. But uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to... What are we going to do? Let's do this shaker and spoon cocktail. Yeah. I've and, got a show prepared for you. Get ready. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Great. We'll get the fire extinguisher because there's fire involved. Oh, yeah. It's a burn stuff. I'm going to burn this place down. Is it going to Is it gonna trigger the smoke alarm, do you think? Do we have alarms or sprinklers in here? So, wait. Sprinklers? During sprinklers the, are fine. Wait, Sprinklers Warren, are fine. During the show, you put together a whole nother show in your head? It's a visual Ooh. show for this <laughs> audio media. Welcome to Warren's Head. All right. This is Heads and Tails, everybody. We will be right back after this. Welcome back, everybody. Heads and Tails podcast here on the show today. We're talking about kind of whatever we want. Right now, Warren is going to be making a... That's right. We're freestyling. You know, it's your your chance to, to blow it. Or how, whatever the Eminem song is, yeah. Uh, you only get one shot, I think. Mom spaghetti on my left army sweaty. I've I've heard of Eminem. Thank you. Uh, we're going to be doing a shaker and spoon segment here. Yes, fellas in the studio. Mm-hmm. This is a cocktail from their. Uh, I think it was last month's box. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, all about Canadian rye whiskey. It's called Rye Not Canada. <laughs> so, Warren, you were telling me that they, they send you a box full of little ingredients, but not the actual spirits, right? So yeah, that's you have for to provide your own reasons. spirits, so it seems like it'd be very, very economical. Yes. And there's even a coupon code for you folks to use. Oh, tell go, me about it. Uh, <laughs> go to shakerandspoon.com slash... BN Army. Why did you get an accent when you said slash? Slash. Slash. I'm saying it normal. Oh, that's, that's how mean, you. That's what you're saying, right? Slash. Yeah, that. My, my wife. My wife, slash. My wife go on computer and say slash. 
Well, that's cool, man. So, so yeah, I want to talk about this while you're doing because normally yeah. we would just mix the drink off the air because it's very terrible radio. Yeah. But you are going to be lighting things on fire with it. Right. So we thought that we should record. Yes, I'm that. very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, we all do that, right, with our cocktails? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is my first time lighting something on fire for a cocktail. <laughs> that's not you. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. God. That that hap- That's a daily occurrence. With that tinder box yeah, you have right. underneath your nose. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And Bev's not here to do the to do the uh, right. video, which is unfortunate. But uh, so here we go. What are we going to do, Warren? Explain what we're doing. Uh, what's the name of this uh, cocktail? Leather and Lace. Yes. Which is, which actually describes my outfit, so right. that's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what you're wearing underneath those clothes. Correct. Um, I think this drink actually comes to us from Sacramento, close to home. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, obviously a rye whiskey cocktail. And so what I'm going to be doing is apparently for this cocktail, I have to light a cinnamon stick on fire. There we go. And then let it smoke inside the glass uh, while the other... Uh, what for? Spirit. Like, why? What is I that going to do? I, we're going to find out, I guess. I, don't, right. I haven't done this Just yet. for this, fun? That's a part of the fun of this. things on fire for fun, I guess right? That's true, right. yeah. This is a very adventurous box from Shaker and Spoon. Another okay. drink in here uh, requires you to uh, shake a cocktail with a whole egg. <laughs> <laughs> See, now um, that I can get behind that. Rocky? I don't know why. Just like Rocky? Right. Yeah. No, I think wait. it's for breakfast. I think <laughs> instead of cooking it up. Just, I mean, uh, I ju- I've never heard of like lighting a cinnamon stick on fire and then putting a glass over it so it smokes the, the glass. I mean, that's... Yeah. I, I, I feel like uh, we're being punked. I feel like Ashton Kutcher is going to come in and, <laughs> and say, hey, I used to be married right. to Demi Moore or whatever he does. So I don't enjoy know the last 30 seconds of Heads and Tails. Just the general manager of the hop grenade, but yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Literally, when you sparked that little butane burner or whatever, yeah. I thought you lit your beer on fire <laughs> already. <laughs> we're trying to figure it out. Right. So close. If only we had a fire extinguisher yeah. close by. That's actually not a cinnamon stick. That's your penis. So <laughs> you should probably. It's so tan. <laughs> and small. All right, so there he goes. You can hear it. Uh, so you're charring it. You're not really lighting it on fire. Is it supposed to like, light on fire? Yeah. Well, that's what you said. Yeah. Oh. Is it burning? It's kind of smoking, though. Yeah, sort of. There you go. It's smoking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The glass is fogging up. Yeah. Oh, it smells good in here now, though. Yeah. Oh, my hand, my fingers are hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, typically the orange and blue, especially the blue part <laughs> yeah. coming out of that, is it, hurt, it hurts. It's a I hurt. guess they I, should I have should, made the cinnamon sticks longer. I've shown <laughs> your hand before. I don't know if you can feel anything with those I hands. I really can't. It's like a glove, uh, a leather uh, glove. Years of brewing have, have deadened my hands to most temperature things. So <laughs> I think it took a second for me to feel that 6,000 degree flame. Jeez. Right there. Well, and you couldn't really um, tell that it was smoking until you put the glass over it. Right. Which so is that's cool. why I wasn't sure. Yeah. And it does smell like cinnamon in it here, does. apparently. Yeah. Um, it, it actually smells like um, like marshmallow, like ro- like toasted mm, mur- okay. burnt yeah, marshmallow. Nice little campfire yeah. 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 And so we're supposed to wait 20 seconds or so. Is that? I think it's, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, okay. call it 20 seconds. Why okay. not? So we should just do 20 seconds of dead air. <laughs> <laughs> smell the glass. How does it smell? Ooh. Smells good? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and so uh, earlier I did try wh- the uh, cocktail that has an egg in it. Yeah. And that was my first egg uh, cocktail. And it actually... Not egg white. No, a whole, whole egg. egg. Yeah, egg. Oh, you, you just crack it right into the... Because uh, I love an, an egg white shaker. drink, dude. Get, get, yeah. You know, yeah. That's like the first thing I'll go for when I see it on the thing. Sure. Um, so this had uh, one cinnamon sticks, two ounces of Canadian rye whiskey, a quarter ounce of spiced tamarind syrup, two right. dashes, not drops, of Aztec chocolate bitters, Ooh, yeah. and one spritz of orange oil. Oh, right. The spritz yeah. of orange oil. Yeah. And they oh, give you that's, everything. That's for the aromatic finishing touches. Right. Spray the orange oil over the top of the drink, then pick up the smoldering cinnamon stick and place it on top of a large cube of ice in there. Mm. Which, oh, okay. You know, we don't I guess I didn't read cube. the end of the... <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, 20 to 40 seconds is what you're supposed to um, mix it for. I until you sprayed your hand there. Uh, I can see the orange oil on the... On into, the, like, into his wound, and so I imagine it's hurting right now. Oh, yeah, we never talked about how I got this uh, no, we never wound did. on my the, finger. The, the bone sticking out of your yeah. finger there, yeah. yes. Exactly. I'm going to go ahead and not drink this. 
Should I have swirled my finger in it? <laughs> yes. I'm not sure. Uh, well, you do that to... That dis- cinnamon's going to fall in there. I don't know. You do that to dissolve the um, you scab you? is what you do. Right. Yeah. It, well, I sanitize it every day. Put, put it in there. You got to... That's what it, sa- you, what it says, it's bud. Set it on. I'll set it on to begin with. But it'll fall off anyway, no matter when you... There you go. Perfect. Okay. Hey, it floats. Okay. Well, let's see <laughs> Cheers. what... Try it, because you only made one, so that sucks (laughs) for Eric and I, but that's cool. Let me get a taste of this. What do you think? Whoa. Wow, it does smell. I expected. No, it smells. The tamarind really kind of comes through a lot more than I thought it would. Yeah. And the, 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 the smokiness from the charcoal. <laughs> <laughs> it's carbon filtered cocktails. But, but that's Warren's fault. I'm not going to blame the recipe for it. Aren't, isn't it supposed to be blackened? I don't know. Hmm. Wow, that is a lot of tamarind. That's so much different than the, the very uh, eggnog kind of focused chocolate maple uh, cocktail that I had I the other day. I think it maybe needs more chocolate for me. That maybe not. like a breakfast cocktail. Well, this they, doesn't yes. have chocolate in it. right? Or the chocolate the bitters, bitters yeah. yeah. The two dashes of chocolate bitters. Oh, two dashes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not drops. Uh, did you do one? No, I just yeah, I did one dash, not two dashes. <laughs> well, we, throw we can, another one yeah, in there and stir it up, dude. Let's that just figure it up. Really good. I, so I, I even really with me that. screwing up the recipe, that is good. With, still, d- d- I'm 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 liking what Eric is saying about a breakfast cocktail, <laughs> like that with like a really nice like uh, hash, egg and hash, or even just a scramble. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or something like that, man. Holidays, chef kiss. Mwah, we chef kiss to this. Yeah. That's yeah, it's pretty good. I'm I'm excited to taste it when it's actually made properly right now. <laughs> so hey, let's try I love this. I love that you can you're free to screw up these recipes well, all you want. That's true. And don't they give you enough to make four cocktails? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that is way better when you use the right <laughs> amount of things. Turns out they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way those chocolate oh, bitters yeah. balance with the the orange oil. Yeah. And then the, the I was expecting the the cinnamon smoke to be way more aggressive but it's more of kind of the underlying complexity there that really works with the rye whiskey yeah really well i think yeah i was surprised that the cinnamon stick floating in there too and it's not like it's a big cinnamony type punch either right i like it leather and lace yeah. <laughs> i love it i love everything about it best part is we can make three more <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true. Uh, it smells good in here, too. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, putting that together, Warren. I appreciate that. You are very welcome, and you're welcome for uh, not burning the place down. An enticing cloud of cigarette, uh, cinnamon smoke, not cigarette smoke. Um, you can burn the place down all you want. I don't care. Oh, okay. It's not my place. You um, do whatever you want. And uh, actually, the preview, uh, we don't get the preview box, but the next month that's coming out yeah. is a vermouth-focused box. So I'm thinking wow. all sorts of Manhattans are going to be make, made. <laughs> okay. I all have right. no idea, but vermouth box coming next. Vermouth box, which is, which is good because what I, what, what I realized until you, what I didn't realize until you just said that is I don't really know what vermouth is really for except to like make it <laughs> what a martini. Yeah. They're in Manha- uh, Manhattan. In Manhattan. And that's it. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm interested, and, and because the way that they put these boxes together, like you said, this one tastes a lot different than the uh, called Let It Snow, which is a whole raw egg, yeah. creamer, chocolate maple syrup, chocolate, very different than what we just had. So right. they're definitely oh, yeah. working on how to get how to get different things and really expand your palate, especially with cocktails. Because right. also, which is great, you go out to bars nowadays, craft cocktails are everywhere. Yeah. How are you going to know what, what all this stuff is until you, until you make it at home? And for pretty much the same amount of money, depending on where you are, less, uh, you get, well, for sure less when you get four copies of each cocktail. <laughs> right. You can't go out to a bar and have that many. No. And these are all things that I wouldn't necessarily look up on the internet and try, but well, when it's no. sent to me, I'm going to try it. Well, and, and then... I'll, I've, I've liked both of these. Right, because the thing about the internet, dude, especially coming from a homebrew background where, <laughs> where we started basically on the internet, right, yeah. looking up recipes, and you try some recipes that you find on the internet, you're like, this is terrible. 
So you don't know because right. it's just some dude called Bob <laughs> right. in Missouri who just thinks he's a mixologist or whatever because he goes to TJ Fridays every Thursday for happy hour. And uh, you don't know. Right. You don't know what, it, what it's going to be. So you're going to waste, what, 40, 50 bucks maybe on ingredients? Right. Because when you buy, it's like um, it's like cooking like uh, Asian food, right, where you, you need to buy, oh, this recipe calls for five spice blend and it's $5 for the jar and you right. use half a teaspoon. Exactly. Tamarind. Paste. Right. Yeah. You're going to sit there and spend all that money? No. Right. Let uh, yeah. the experts at Shaker and Spoon figure it out for you. Warren, yeah. what's that What's that Earl again? Shakerandspoon.com slash BN Army. B-N-A-R-M-Y. And you get $20 off your subscription. I gave this as a gift for my friend's wedding. And they love oh. it. Three-month nice. subscription is yeah. a wedding gift. Yeah. Because really, you make them do the work. Exactly. You don't have to do anything. You don't yeah. have to wrap anything. You don't have to bring that big awkward box. Yeah. You don't have to do anything like that. But and you look like the great guy. Because you are the great guy, but they don't know about it until afterwards, until they've put away their third silverware set or their Chafing box of dish. knives, exactly. right, and then their blankets or whatever, whatever, I don't know. And you're getting them cocktails, but you don't have to actually go and hang out with them. <laughs> That's right. So then you can just Actually, stay with home. this one, I'm like, Brad, just come over and, just come over and make it. It, dude, he's like, well, each one only makes four. Like each recipe only makes four cocktails. I'm like, yeah, that's twelve cocktails. <laughs> come I don't over. See the problem. He goes, there's not enough. I'm like, for, for what army? Yeah, come yeah. over. Yeah, Brad drinks a lot. Yeah. And if you like a cocktail, you can re up on all of these little blends too on their website. Oh, nice. So like this tamarind uh, syrup, you can just reorder it. Hell yeah, dude. When you're out, that's good news. You know what else is good news? I love New Orleans. I've never been. I'm going next year. <laughs> but you love it already. I love it already. I think we've talked about it a little <laughs> yes. bit because uh, we had another distillery from, from New Orleans right. up. But, Seven, uh, three. Seven three. That's right. Yeah. Uh, this one is about, this story is about NOLA distilling. It was founded in 2015, but apparently closed down on April 13th, 2018. And I think I was actually trying to, when I was looking for New Orleans right. distilleries, yeah. I think I looked at them and I saw that they were closing like the, the week before I was going to reach oh, out really? to them. Yeah. Uh, after just three years of operation, the distiller used sweet potato as the base ingredients for its spirit, which included different styles of vodka, a coffee cordial, which sounds really good, mm-hmm. and a white rum. Apparently, the site was purchased by Las Vegas-based HS Beverage, and they've basically renamed NOLA Distilling into NOLA Distillery. So <laughs> the, the the brand is the brand is coming a back though, brand. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it will produce Nola vodka, pepper vodka, and Nola rum with a focus on using Louisiana-grown ingredients. The distillery also hopes to launch its own whiskey expressions and is working with New Orleans-based rice brand Jasmine G uh, J A Z Z M E N Rice mm-hmm. to create the region's first rice-based vodka. Rice-based vodka. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was cool. Huh. You know, there's uh, someone I, <laughs> someone bought the brand and kind of made sure that it didn't go away. I oh, appreciate that. Because 7-3 sent us a wild rice whiskey, white white whiskey. I, was I like, believe we so, We had yeah. something from 7-3 that had rice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's but definitely a few uh, rice whiskeys coming out of Japan and mm-hmm. Asia. Yeah. yeah. Man, I read a but, story that, that there's a shortage on, on aged Japanese whiskey because there's so much... Uh, demand for it mm-hmm. that they're the Japanese whiskey whiskey are they're kind of just doing more blends to keep up yeah. with demand just for product but they're running out of aged product it's not just Japan it's oh, yeah? distilleries all over the place like there there's over the last few years there have been a few Scottish distilleries that have kind of sh- started to shy away from age statements and kind of move it in smaller and smaller font into the back of the bottle <laughs> to essentially remove like Smart. remove people's focus on it because they're running out of uh whiskey also. Hmm. It's so not good it's, news. It's worldwide. We're drinking too much. Go rum. That's what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then soon rum supplies uh, will run out. <laughs> That's Barrel right. Rum That's right. Uh, <clears throat> this story is from the UK, and I thought it was really interesting because it has to do with pink gin, which I don't think I've really ever heard before. What, is, what does that mean? The, the UK is so crazy for gin. There's they are, something right? like 2,000 brands in London for gin. Wow. Yeah, it's just some astronomical number. Uh, Yeah, gin sales in the U.K. have been valued at $2.4 billion in 2018 after more than 66 million bottles 
of gin were sold in a 12-month period. Why not just say a year? <laughs> yeah, that's a, well because it takes up more words. Okay, that's gonna be the got a word count. That's gonna be number one in the world. No, yeah, but I, I don't mean, know. who's gonna beat them? Right? They say the growth was down to sales of pink gin and flavored gin as new products continue to enter the market. Flavored gin sales have driven half of all growth of gin in the UK in the last recorded twelve months, despite only representing one fifth of total sales. <laughs> what? All gins flavored to me. What, what no, is flavored right. gin? Mean? Yeah, like um, I don't know, like apricot flavored gin. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the uh, growth was attributed to flavored and pink gin to consumers under the age of twenty-five. Almost three quarters of that growth was pink gin. Hmm. I wonder what if there's a kind of universal way to get pink gin, or if people are using different things like hibiscus or or, or red some other fruit. Five. Or yeah, <laughs> food coloring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure that out, too, but they're not really they're just kind of reporting on the numbers here. Uh, looking across cocktails, there's also been a surge in popularity for the herbal bitter liqueurs. Like what? Like um, Angostura? Or not Angostura. Mm. Um, Underberg. Uh, and, right? and like Benedictine. Yeah. And, and yeah. like a... a St. George has that Ameri- Bruto Americano. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and red, orange colored aperitifs mixed with sparkling wine. What is going on over there, dude? <laughs> the drinks huh. are noted for being, quote, Instagrammable. Ah, due to the their New color. England IPA. That's right. And <laughs> I, I could definitely see someone ordering a drink from across the bar. What is that? I want that just to take a picture of it. And it probably not, isn't even like as, as good as you can. Get. Are you talking about else. your wife now? Or? <laughs> oh, oh, I don't drink. Oh, gosh. No, she doesn't um, drink. Mm. She just drives me around. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, UK consumers also purchased more than 4 million bottles of non-cream liqueur cocktails from supermarkets and shops during the 2008 heat wave. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that's fun. I don't know why that's in here in a, in a, in a report about uh, <laughs> pink gin. Climate change. Well, right. But I don't know. I, I think in a, in a lot of ways, we can kind of mirror that. Like, uh, I think the UK is sort of mirroring our drive for craft beer. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to start mirroring their drive for millennial cocktails that, that look funky oh, and sure. non, yeah. non-cream liqueur-based, <laughs> whatever that I just said. I, don't know. I, I wonder as a dollar. cocktails. Yeah. I wonder as a, a dollar figure how that compares to, like, U.S. gin sales. Because I, I saw a percentage mm-hmm. recently where it's... Somewhere around like five to six percent of of total alcohol or uh, spirit sales in the U.S. I wonder how that compares to the sixty-six. Where's our economist? Or right, our chief billion. economist. Yeah, yeah. we need right. a chief economist to f- break right. this down. That's right. Send your applications to <laughs> Heads and Tails at the yeah. Network. Well, yeah, right. it, it is funny, you know. Uh, back to the Iron Root Republic and them selling bourbon over there. It, you know, you you think of. Europe or the UK and gin, and then there's a lot of scotch there and a lot of Irish whiskeys. But I do think there there's probably not, you know, there's not the American bourbons, and mm-hmm. I, I, I do believe there's a big palette for that out as well. And you know, even in London, we go there yearly for the Craft Distilling Expo, <clears throat> and uh, there is one grain to glass distillery in the entire city of london uh dog dog house oh i'm blanking on that right now yes okay and uh but yeah there's there's so many brands out there but really everything it has that that gin focus that's crazy to me i never really thought gin was would ever have been that popular because even over there that's what they drink yeah, well, I don't know. Oh. I mean, you know, especially in like my twenties or thirties, like I don't know from gin. I mean, taste gin t- tastes kind of weird. To yeah. me. It tastes kind of off. I, you know, I, I didn't know anything, but this kind of sort of resurgence, especially here in in oh. in, in America, of craft, craft gin yes. with you know different botanicals and stuff. You're like, ah, oh, I, I get it now. I guess it's like going from drinking Coors or Budweiser to like a craft pale ale. Like, oh, there's there's other flavors in here that you can sort of figure out yeah well i imagine that that one reason why they're saying that all this growth is in the the flavored gins is because it has just been a few macro gin distilleries making beef eater and and bombay or whatever right and now they're getting kind of the craft craft in air quotes influence Mm -hmm. how they see us just doing weird things with gin over here or they're seeing the dip in sales maybe and they want to go stagnating and yeah yeah, in order to keep 
keep growing, yeah. Well, maybe. But uh, to me, the interesting part is, yeah, why in London? Why gin? Why, you know, in Spain, too, if you got, I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but gin and tonic is a huge <clears throat> thing. They have the big bomba glasses, put a lot of ice in there, a lot of tonic. It's hmm. everywhere you go. Gin and tonics are big. Ver, you mentioned vermouths earlier. Yeah. Vermouth, they drink a lot of vermouth, which is, you know, I go there. To me, I'm, I'm not the biggest connoisseur of it. It seems like sweet sort of medicinal flavored wine yeah but something you drink after you hunt boar (laughs) and you're like 65 and you have a plate of cheese and you're just an alcoholic yeah (laughs) right yeah exactly sounds great yeah yeah but so why in spain do they love that why in the uk do they love that and they don't love that as much here i don't know regional tastes for for alcohol consumption are very very strange yeah I so mean, much here, I'll drink anything. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Give it to me. <laughs> I guess. I guess that makes me a citizen of the world. Ooh, you were very really? worth. Cool. Yeah, we may not have traveled the world like Eric <laughs> apparently has, but right. You know, but my palate is is ready. That's right. Yeah, I'm a palate traveler. I'm very. I have an open palate. <laughs> well, let's ready get out of here, boys. I think we're done. We did it. We definitely did it. Let me uh, play the outro music to let you guys know that we are actually leaving. Oh, yeah, I think the show's almost over. There we go. Uh, Look, we'll try to rebook Nate at Tree Craft Distillery over there on Treasure Island. Sounded pretty cool, man. He had some some cool stuff going on. Uh, Apparently, something called a shear blender. I don't know what that is. I was excited to talk to him about it. Never heard of it. Some with grains. Oh. I don't know. They have a membership club. They have a bunch of cool stuff happening. Hopefully, he didn't uh, get caught in the shear blender. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Uh, I think it just puts a nightgown on you. Oh, Oh, it's very shear. Yeah, right. You can kind of see through it. Uh You stand it anyway. I know fabrics. Um, Anyway, so we'll try to rebook Nate. And uh, Eric, thanks for sitting in, man. Why, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Warren, thank you for uh, not... Actually, thanks for not catching everything else on fire, but I'm disappointed you didn't catch yourself on fire. I was really looking forward to that. I will do better next time. <laughs> Please do. It's I like, was ready. I was filming video, yeah. waiting to go. But you, you, look, you have to look into where the flame comes out to, make, to see it come out first. Oh, okay. That's the, so make, try that sure now. make sure it's on. Yeah, okay. we'll try that as we leave. That's and, how uh, guns work, too, right? <laughs> that's yeah. true. Like this? Yeah. There you go. Ah, oh, my eyeballs. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening to Heads and Tails Podcast. If you want some more great radio like this, you can uh, download the session, which is on our show, uh, the Brewing Network here. You do whatever you want, man. Yeah. We have a whole bunch of radio for you to listen to. So check it out. And we'll be back in, uh, what, February, March, I think, yes. comes after February, with a brand new show, brand new Spirits of Taste. And give and, us some uh, feedback on uh, iTunes and... Any, are there other apps that you can actually rate podcasts? No, just that not one? really. Okay. Yeah, that's then the best just love one. us on iTunes. <laughs> that's true. Or, uh, you know, don't. We're on Stitcher. <laughs> if you yeah. want to just listen, it'd be boring. That's right. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.